You're listening to Screenwriters Need to Hear This with Michael Jam. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Screenwriters Need to Hear This. My name is Michael Jammon, and this is my evening voice. Who am I with, Phil? Uh, this is Phil Hudson, and this is my evening voice. Mm, voice sexy. Uh, so today, Phil, we're talking about, this is the idea. We're going to talk about, should I worry about people stealing my work? But, but always, always. Every, every moment of every day to the point you never do anything. <laughs> There's that. Specifically, I wanted to talk about, and this is really more in the context of not so much giving it to like producers. That's a whole different thing. And, uh, and obviously be careful. The short answer is be careful who you give your stuff to. If you, you know, if you see a guy in Starbucks and he's got a handlebar mustache, maybe don't give it to him, you know, cause yeah, people right. claiming if to, he's twirling it nefarious. Yeah. And- be careful about who you give your stuff to. Not, that's not to say that your stuff can't get stolen at the major studios, but you know, if someone's claiming to be a producer, you know, roll your eyes a little bit because usually, as I say, producers don't usually brag about it because they don't want producers don't brag about it at the line at Starbucks because they don't want people like you giving them <laughs> your script, their script. Right. So they keep their mouth shut usually. Right. So, but if, if someone online at Starbucks is like, Oh, I'm a producer, uh, they're either trying to, you know, scam you or get something out of you or, you know, get you in bed or something. So be, be cautious yeah. about who you give your stuff to. But this is more in the context of the, the post, the, the, the podcast episode that I did a while ago, we did where we just did, where we talked about how I would recommend starting a page on social media and really just sharing your craft with the world. And people, you know, I think people worried about, well, what aren't people going to steal my stuff if that's what I do? And uh, people can do that. There are awful, awful people in the world who will steal your stuff and it feels like a giant violation. It feels worse than getting your house broken into because that's in that case they just steal your you know your belongings. But this is people stealing your identity and your your craft and your your artwork and what your soul because you're putting your soul into your work. It's awful. So I don't not to, I'm not trying to minimize that in any in any sense. But if it's any small consolation, at least you have something worth stealing, and they don't because if they if they had it, they wouldn't need to steal it. So you have something. You're on the right track. You have something of value. The problem is the bad guys found it before the good guys found it. You know, that's a bummer. But there's more to talk about that, really. First, <clears throat> when I say, you know, share of yourself on a, on a social media page or your, your craft, you don't have to share everything. You don't have to share all of it. If you have a script, I wouldn't post your script. I just maybe do pieces and segments of what you have to show, you know, you just, just some great stuff you have. and Your best, you know, you could be your best just little pieces so that people are like, wow, that's, that's really great to prove to the world how great you are. But that's, you know, and again, what I'm going to say here, what my advice is, is if any of my advice feels be- weird to the people listening, if it strikes you in the wrong way, if it hits your gut the wrong way, if your instincts are saying, don't do this, then listen to your instincts and don't do anything I say. These are just a suggestion. This is what I would do if I had to do it again. And it doesn't mean you have to do it. And so, what I ask you to consider is this. <clears throat> Let's say you have some great work. It could be a script. It could be a scene. It could be an idea for a, scene, or a movie, whatever you're, whatever it is you want to share. And you're worried about it. if you share it, people will steal it. Well, okay, fine. You can take this idea. You can put it in the top shelf of your closet. And then the day before you die, you can look at it and say, oh, my God, look how great this is. If only I had shared it with the world, then what? You know, Maybe what, what would have happened? Well, we'll never know. So you can definitely do that. But the here the alternative is, and this is what I would recommend. But if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. 
I would take this piece that you have, that whatever you love, that you think people are going to steal, set it aside for a year. And that year, I would start working on something else. I start writing your next piece, your screenplay, your novel, your scene, whatever it is, and start banging out that really concentrate on, on doing, churning out some more work, 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 right? And then at the end of the year, you may have five pieces. And of those five pieces, my guess is that one of those five will be better than that one piece that you were so worried about everyone stealing. That's my, that's my guess. I'm sure I'm certain of it. And then you won't be so worried about sharing pieces of that one thing because the good stuff is over here. You already have better stuff than whatever you're going to sell. And look what you just did. You just topped yourself. Good for you. So now, and maybe maybe now what you have was not so, you know, it was, maybe it was great. Maybe it wasn't great, but either in, in any case, you've topped it. Now, what happens if at the end of the year, you spend all the time writing more and, and creating more? You're basically building a body of work. And now you have five pieces and of those five pieces, none of them are as good as that very first thing that you worked on, right? That could be. And if that's the case, you have a much bigger problem because your bigger problem is that, you know, your job as a creator, whatever it is you're doing, writer, director, producer, actor, your job is to show up to work every day and to constantly create good stuff or better stuff. And if you can't do that, if you if you can't sit down and do that, make something better on a, that great on a constant basis, it's not in the cards for you. Even if that first thing was fantastic, it's not in the cards for you because that piece, whatever it was, is a calling card for you basically to get more work. And whoever's going to hire you, you know, they're they're usually gonna, they're going to say, "Wow, that was fantastic what you made." I, we can't use that. I, you know, it's a great sample. What if I give you a lot of money to have you write or produce or do what I want you to do? And you're going to say, yeah, I like money. Sure, I'll do it. I mean, why? of course you'll do it, right? But it's not going to be that what you think it is. It's, you're going to have to do what they want you to do because that's why they're paying you. And so, sure, I'll do it. But if you, if you can't do it, if you, know, if you can't do it on a regular basis, you're going to get fired. You're, you, you know, if you can't constantly do this, they're going to say, you know, you're fired. Because you have to, you have to be able to do it, and so that thing that you did was a fluke, and so great. Be happy for yourself. If someone steals it, it wasn't in the cards for you anyway, because you're not quite good enough. You, your fluke is not is not consistent enough to work on a on a daily basis, which is what your goal is. You know, if you think you're just going to do this a one off, you're really asking to be struck by lightning. If you're going to, I have one thing, and I never want to work again, and I'll, you know, I just want to make a million dollars and leave, and you know that you're really you're really asking to win the giant lottery. And so, but, and then let's talk a bit, a minute about the, the jerk that stole your idea, if that's what you're so worried about. Well, now that jerk is saying, hey, look at me, look, look what I can write. And again, they will be hired to do what, uh, you know, what you were supposed to be hired to do. And now the boss is going to say, okay, I need you to do, uh, to do a rewrite on this, or I need you to write a different scene or come up with something. They're going to have, they're going to want you to do something. And that jerk is screwed because they can't. They that's why they had to steal it, and so they are going to be exposed relatively quickly for being a thief or a fraud, and they're screwed. They just dug their own grave, and who cares about them? We hate them anyway. But that's what they just did, and so, you know, in terms of getting stuff stolen, that's what you're. That's what you're. I think those are. That's what you you have to weigh. I mean, that's kind of what your your chances, your opportunities are, and, and you know what your future could possibly be. So I think those are some really important points for people to hear because I, I believe at the early stages of trying to be a writer, there's a lot of concern. Well, what if someone steals this idea? Right. 
And I had an experience when I was in film school. Uh, there was a director who uh, read my script. He liked it. He's like, I've got a funding opportunity through Roger Corman, who's this storied mm-hmm. producer out here in LA, makes a lot of low budget stuff, but gave a lot of people their start, including James Cameron. And uh, he's like, do you mind if I take it to him? And I was like, absolutely. He said, he's going to want a director. Um, and this guy had directed things for Roger Corman. And so my business brain turned on. I was like, great, you should direct it. He's like, oh, are you sure? I was like, yeah. And then I turned to my buddy who uh, kind of made this connection. He's like, it's a big move. And I was like, yeah, I had to make that decision because if I'm so protective of this piece of content that I'm worried I'm not going to get another chance to produce something, direct something, write something, then like you said, it's not in the cards for me. Mm. This can't be the best thing I have. I will have more better things that I need to have prepared and I'll have opportunities with those. And obviously that didn't go anywhere and the funding, you know, industry kind of shifted and his model stopped working yeah. and that never worked out. But it was an opportunity for me to kind of step up and ask how much of a professional are you willing to be and let go of uh, the one good thing I had at the time. Right. You know, as you're saying this, someone, it just reminded so someone left a comment um, and Basically, they said, I'm going, to, I'm going to change some of the details to protect the innocent or guilty. But basically, this person said that they had uh, a, a screenwriting teacher or a film teacher or whatever that talked about how they had their work stolen. And I'm, I'm, sure, we're, I'm sure we're both getting this third hand because this is third hand information. I'm, I'm from what I read. And from what, this is from what the person it didn't even happen to this person. It happened to their teacher. And so this is a game of telephone. Maybe it never happened at all. So but whatever. Yeah. This is the story is that the, uh, the teacher had this idea and somehow contacted this very big movie star with this idea. And then two months later, or I'm sorry, then two years later, something, a very, very similar idea, almost word for word, was now a, a big budget animated movie with that star in it. And mm-hmm. therefore, the, the screenwriting teacher got their, their work stolen. Now, again, we don't know if this ever happened. Maybe it did, maybe it didn't. But I have reason to be suspicious about this story. Maybe it happened. So I don't want to say, you know, again, I don't want to say it didn't, but there are red flags here. First of all, why is a screenwriting teacher submitting their ideas or giving their ideas, I guess, cold calling famous, you know, movie actors with their ideas? That's not how it works in the business. If that's what the screenwriter teacher is doing, what other stupid things did they teach you in this class? Because that's not how it works in the industry. You don't reach out mm. to actors and say, here's my, here's my idea. No actor is going to even look at it. They're not going to expose themselves to liability because they don't want to get sued by people like you. They're not going to look at it. It's going to go right in the garbage. But maybe it did, right? I don't, like, don't want to say it didn't. I don't know the details. But that's my gut instinct. Is it, That's probably not what happened. Also, in two years is really not a lot of time to have this idea stolen and turned into a movie, an animated movie, especially. Yeah. It takes so long to get these especially things moving. Five, five years to perfect a Pixar film. Why? Because they can make it pixel perfect. They can mess with every little detail to perfect that thing. And they will invest the money to do it because they're going to make a billion dollars. Right. So it seems unlikely to me that this actor read this script and said, oh, this is gold. I'm going to take it to my friends at some giant Hollywood studio. We're going to start shooting it tomorrow. And it's going to be a two. I mean, it's just nothing works that quickly in Hollywood. Nothing goes that fast. You know, things die. They start. They start up again. Timing. There's a lot of like it. The whole thing seems very 
again, I'm not saying it didn't happen, but it seems unlikely. It seems unlikely that that's what happened. And the fact that a screenwriter teacher is teaching this makes my head want to explode. Like, dude, really? Really? You know, what are you telling? This, what are you this sharing? Is why this is why I wanted you to do the course, man, because you know, I was talking to you while I was in film school and, you know, nothing against the film teachers that I had. Some of them were really good and some of them were not that great. Um, but I sent a script that I'd written to one of the, my, my professors and I said, hey, I'd love your eyes on it. And the only note they gave me was, oh, right off the bat, you need to put the Writers Guild uh, registration number on the cover because that's that is what makes the Writers Guild a, a true guild mm -hmm. that is what makes it authorized i was like you mean a professional federalized union that is required to follow specific processes by law mm -hmm. is going to be validated by my registering my script with the wga and then putting that number on the front of my script mm -hmm. whereas every other professional writer i know says it's a red flag that you're a new writer <laughs> because new writers do that and i was like this like man what other nonsense did I learn from that teacher? And again, because they're telling me to do it's that. Not, it, it's, it's not, it could have happened. I'm not saying it didn't happen. People do get their stuff stolen. It just seems like, well, why, but why would a professor do, why would a screenwriting teacher think that it's okay to send out, and again, maybe we're hearing it all wrong, but why would they think it's okay to right. reach out to a celebrity and, and give them their script? Like, there seem oh, we could be missing a lot. Maybe there's a lot I don't know about this, but it's just it just seems like you know I don't know. It doesn't doesn't seem likely to me. Well, let's play conspiratorial advocate over here on the side. I've got people who I know who've worked in this industry who said you shouldn't register with the WGA because where do you think producers go to get good ideas for scripts? Well, why wouldn't they just hire someone? I mean, why why would they don't That's why do they have to steal? Why don't they just pay someone? Look. It's, it's all fear-based, mm. all of it's fear-based. And if you come from a perspective and a mindset of plenty and abundance, mm -hmm. and you believe in yourself as a writer and your capability, good, steal that one. Why? Because who do you think is gonna give me a leg up the next time, right? Take from me because it just proves that I am good at what I do. It's a huge badge of honor to have someone steal that type of content from you. Is Does it suck? Absolutely. But I think that's very validating though. I came up with an idea. I gave it to Joe Schmo. Joe Schmo just got my thing produced. I must be better than I think I am. But also I have to emphasize, like I won't even, no writer or actor that I know will ever, ever open up an envelope that's up from unsolicited. We don't even, if someone tries to slide that crap into my DMs, I, you know, I, I delete it immediately. I block them because it exposes me to liability. I will never, ever, ever read an unsolicited script. Hey, it's Michael Jammin. If you like my videos and you want me to email them to you for free, join my watch list. Every Friday, I send out my top three videos. These are for writers, actors, creative types. You can unsubscribe whenever you want. I'm not going to spam you, and it's absolutely free. Just go to michaeljammin.com slash watchlist. Even on the support chat, I get the support request to filter those things for you. Right. And I have to block, I have to tell people this was not open and we deleted these things because people try to do it in the support email as well. So, yeah, and that frightens me. I will not look at it because I don't want to be accused of stealing. I don't want to act inadvertently steal your idea. I don't want to like think, mm -hmm. oh, I don't want to look at it. And then six months from now, think that I came up with it, but I didn't I actually got it from you or something. So like all, but all of us writers and actors, we're pretty much the same way. We all have that same paranoia. So we won't, we won't even do it. So 
to think mm -hmm. that someone else stole your idea. You know, the truth is there's a lot of similar ideas out there. I mean, you know, it's in the zeitgeist. And so is it, uh, is it coincidental? Maybe. I mean, there's, but there's always been cases of, of, uh, like you know, the, for back in the '90s or whatever, there was two volcano movies in Hollywood. There was yeah, yeah. There's arm. Well, there was a lake. Was it uh, Dante's was Peak? It Dante's Peak. Yeah, Dante's Peak and volcano. And volca yeah, and then there was Deep Impact and Armageddon. All both came out the same yeah, summer. Very similar ideas, yeah. and but the execution, of course, is different. But um, yeah. I think people tend to. I don't know. I, don't, I think it's odd. The people tend to think uh, everyone says my idea was stolen. It's like I, you know, it's possible. But uh, anyway, you know. Yeah, I, I think you go back to, you have this note here, you refer to it as scarcity mentality. Mm -hmm. And I think we, you just have to come at it from a perspective of abundance. Like I have plenty to offer. And so don't be crippled by fear that this one thing right. you have is the best you're going to do. Right. So that you're able to move past that and continue to write and write and write. And it goes back to other stuff, you know, poli stop polishing that turd, I think is another mm -hmm. popular post you've had because too often we get caught up just trying to focus on making this story perfect and it's never going to be perfect. Right. Ever. And so again, I'm not saying, you know, it's why I, I'm not saying people don't steal. I'm saying, you know, if you put something on the internet, especially to strange, especially when you put it out into the world, you know, I, there's going to be some, some there, there's got to be thieves out there. We know that. I mean, but um, if you put out, if you put your stuff out there and consistently, you know, put out great stuff, they're, they can't be you. And hopefully, like I said, good guys will find you before the bad guys do. And, uh, and, and, you know, but, and if no one finds you, that could be good or bad. <laughs> it could be good or bad. Yeah. As, while you were talking earlier, I recently just watched hotel hell with my wife. It's just a mindless thing we could put on in the background while we're taking care of the kid or I'm like working on something. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he, you know, Gordon Ramsay goes to a random lodge in Idaho and there's a chef who's just totally botching it. And then he comes in with his team, they create a new menu, they put it together. And then the first night she can't cook the menu. She's not learning the lesson. She's not doing those mm -hmm. things. And he ultimately has to pull her outside and he says, you're not able <laughs> to do this job. And she's like, just let me try. And he's like, no, you're not getting it. You can't do it. She's like, I just want to work the rest of the night and see what happens. It's just like, no, you don't understand. You can't do the job. Nothing's going to change in the next four hours that you're here. You can't do the job. So go away. And it's like those people get found out because they flop when they're put in the hot seat. Yeah, the, the thieves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course, there are certain things you can do to protect yourself. You know, there's copyright stuff. There's you registering the WGA. And I don't give any legal advice. But of course, and I'm not knocking the WGA by my stories. I, I highlighted both perspectives so people can understand that it is an option. I think what it does is it provides a foot a, a timestamp yeah. to say here is a thing that exists. You also have a copyright, right? Which is you can copyright anything, right? But at the end of the day, anything. you have to litigate, and so you might spend a fortune. You know, you might spend a fortune you know, litigating and win or lose. And, you know, you're definitely paying the lawyers. Uh, and so it's not like, so even if you have copyright protection, it doesn't mean you're actually going to go through with it because you're like, oh God, this is, you know, a nightmare. And so, you know, I think, I, I don't know, like I said, if you're, if, if you're, anything I say doesn't feel right in your gut, listen to your gut. But at the end of the day, if you don't share it with the world, it's, it's not going to happen. I mean, if you keep it in your closet, nothing will happen, you know? Mm. So... Mm. So, Mike, what do you think someone could do to get over that fear of losing? 
Like, I mean, you, you gave the example of writing five scripts over five years, yeah. but is there any, you know, more urgent well, way of getting over that fear? You know, if you put your face to it, you know, if, if you're anonymous, uh, then yeah, someone, I think it's probably easier to steal. But if you put your face in front of it and you are the face of your product and you put more, as much of your personality in the product, they can't, they can't replicate that. Even if they steal it, they can't replicate that because it's you, you know? You are the mm-hmm. face of it and you are the, um, even, you know, my wife, we had a, a brand uh, called Twirly Girl. And so it was a, uh, it's a line of girls clothing and it was, uh, it was very high and very, you know, it was made in the USA. So it's very high quality stuff. And then um, she got knocked off. She got knocked off and they started making it overseas. And, you know, we remember we bought, uh, we bought some of them just to see what the quality was. And she took it out of the bag. The prints looked, it looked identical, right? It looked very similar. But when we, we ordered it, we took it out of the bag. And just pulling it out of the bag because it was so cheaply made, some of the seams started popping, right? And my wife was like sobbing because, oh my God, it's garbage. And they're knocking out garbage. But at the end of the day, it's not like, and she is the face of the brand. So we just lean more into the brand and they can't steal her. So they could all, they can, whatever, they can knock it off and make garbage out of it. But people know it's, people know it's garbage. They know garbage when they see it. And they also knew that, no, she's the lady that makes, she was, cause she put herself out there. She was the face of it. She's the lady that makes the high quality dresses and not the, uh, not the garbage ones. And so, you know, again, putting yourself, making yourself the face of it, I think makes you, makes it less likely that they can steal as, as opposed to being anonymous, which is another reason, I think, to uh, be proud of who you are and, and put yourself out there publicly, even if you are uncomfortable with it. And so by that, I mean, you know, whatever, maybe you're performing your own, if you're a writer, maybe you're performing more of your own stuff. Maybe you're, maybe you're the face of it, you know, or at least you're in part of it. Maybe you're introducing it. Maybe you are a small character in it. Maybe but just being there and, uh, and infusing more of your, as much as your personality into your work as possible makes it uh, less likely that someone can take it because they can't take you, you know? Mm. So episode 33, I want to say we did the notes on my script, on my pilot script, and I published that. And I put it out, the original version and then the one after the notes that you gave me. Mm -hmm. And I did that for two reasons. Number one, it's very important. And I think having a showrunner give feedback on a script it's just something, it's a, it's a resource I, I just would have died for yeah. 13 years ago just to see how does a working executive producer look at story, quality of something, it's tangible, there's a benchmark on it now of how good it is yeah. and how good it could be. But secondly, like this podcast is pretty well established at this point. It's published. It's published on many places as me being the author. And so if someone wants to steal that and try to rip it off, I have pretty clear documentation of authorship yeah. at this point right. of that of that execution of that idea. Right. Right. And so, you know, I didn't put that out just willy nilly. I knew what I was doing and I knew that I had some protections in being able to publish that piece of work. I thought about putting up a form so people had to request it. And I thought, no, I don't need that. It's a, it's a hat on a hat, right? It's an extra step of unnecessary, you know, documentation because it's published with my name on it and talked about in depth on a podcast. It's fine. But also, you know, Putting your stuff out there, you know, let's say someone rips off what you're doing. If you put enough good stuff out there, I think other people will find you and other opportunities that you weren't even thinking of will come your way, that you weren't even expecting it. Even with this podcast, even with me posting on social media, odd things have come my way, which I would never would have guessed a year ago before I started doing this. And I think it's because I'm putting out good stuff that people want to hear. And so people are like, oh, what else can this guy do? 
you know? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I, I think you have to, as part of what we said in our last pod, podcast, part of it is showing up. And if showing up means whatever, making a TikTok video uh, that showcases your talent, that's, you know, that's showing up. But again, it's not, it's not, I, I'm warning you not about not putting garbage on, not, not copying other people, not doing trends, not, uh, uh, you know, that's all stuff that's easily, not, not only are trends easy to replicate and easy to steal, it's not even yours. It's not even worth stealing because it's not even yours. So that's a, another reason to make, put yourself out there. Don't do what everyone else is doing. Do your version of whatever, uh, you know, whatever pe- you think people want to see. Put as much of your personality into it. And I, that makes it much harder to steal, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this might have been more applicable to the last podcast we did, but when you first started doing your social media, you didn't want to do it. No. You didn't want to be out there. No. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't want to do it at all. And over time it's become easy and commonplace and it's a habit now that you do and you execute every single day. I just had lunch with a a friend of mine, uh, Ken Joseph, who's a composer Mm -hmm. and he composed some of the music for some of your social media stuff that we put out. And same thing. I was talking to him about the process that you follow to grow following. And he's like, all right, I got to do it. I just got to get over that first video. And it's like, yeah, you just got to put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. You're going to record it seven times mm-hmm. because you're going to hate every minute of it. You're going to hate the version you put out the first right. time. And then you're going to learn it doesn't matter. All that matters is the quality of the content. It doesn't matter how fat you are, how skinny you are, how tall you are, how short you are, how talented you are, whether you have hair or you don't. I got every negative mark against me. <laughs> the quality of the content still still matters. It's all that matters. It's And it gets easier the more you do it. Uh, you know, yeah. you, you, you find your groove. At least I find my, like I know, okay, I think this is, going to be a good one. I, I think this is going to be and like a good uh, video. And and by the way, I think people, some people were surprised to hear this when I talked about this. So what the process I usually do is I have like a list of things I want to talk about on social media and I keep it. And then sometimes people ask questions and I save those questions. And then usually the morning of, I usually go for a run. And as my run, that's when I think about what I'm going to talk about. I think about what I'm going to say and how I'm going to say it. And I try to think of a couple of jokes to throw in there to pepper it, to make it kind of fun and interesting. And I rehearse it while I'm running. I come home into my garage where I record it. And even though it's a three minute video, it doesn't take three minutes. I've already used, you know, half hour or whatever thinking about it. Then in the shower, rehearsing it. And then here I recorded five times because the first four times the, the phone rings or I screw up or there's something like a noise outside. And so it's not mm-hmm. a three minute video. It doesn't, it takes a lot more than three minutes to do all this stuff. And, um, but I also think it speaks to, you know, well, what am I putting out there? I'm, I really don't want to put out garbage. I don't want to do something where it's like, eh, this guy half-assed it this morning. I want people think I put intention into it and work and that it was, it's worthy of being watched, you know? Yeah. You're asking people for time and attention. And that's, that's yeah. that ties directly back to things we talked about in the world of being a writer as a professional, you are trading, people are trading time and attention for your writing, your content. It's the same thing. Yeah. So being intentional to help earn someone's attention, I think is a very valuable note. Yeah. And and by the, it's not like I want to be some like Mr. Social media screenwriting professor, but if I go, well, this is my face, uh, you know, uh, this is the, I got to put my personality into it and, and hopefully, yeah, yeah and hopefully people don't rip me off, but we'll see. Hopefully they're not, but either way, I'm, I'm still the guy, I think, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm still the guy. So. Yeah. Well, good stuff, Michael. I think again, for anybody listening, don't, don't worry about it. Just really think about the abundance, write the next thing immediately. If you just focus on the one 
thing that you have, you are coming from a place of scarcity because you only have one thing. When you have 10 things and five of them are really good, yeah, you don't have to stress so much about that right. last thing. And I'll, I'll say this. In my in my business, you know, life, clients who come to me and they say, I need you, I need you, are clients that I turn down. Clients who say, Hey, we want to work with you. Mm. That's a different experience because the client who needs me, they're investing their last 500 bucks or whatever it is to get save their business. And they stress over every penny mm-hmm. of that dollar. And they're so scarce. There's such a scarcity mindset. Nothing goes well for them. Mm-hmm. And it's just a horrible working experience. So that energy is projected outwards yeah. when you have scarcity mindset. So if you live in a world of abundance and you are focusing on the plenty that you have, that also radiates outwards. And people are like, look at that bro. Look at that confident writer. Right. He, what else do you have? Because you obviously aren't stressed about that one thing. Right, right. So, yeah. It does. It sucks to have your stuff stolen, but it's it's even worse to never put it out there and have to, you know, mm. and, not, and not know. So, yeah. Well, Michael, um, to kind of wrap up, I guess we invite everybody, you know, same, same normal stuff, you know, make sure you get a free sign up for the free lesson. If you have any, let michaeljammon.com slash free. That's for my screenwriting um, course. Your show yeah. for your free as uh, a free uh, lesson for your screenwriting course, the full online screenwriting course at michaeljammon.com slash course, mm-hmm. the watch list. Again, everybody loves that. Some really good notes from people who are watching that and, really strong feedback a lot of really strong people watching that content every single week and when it doesn't go out i get emails about it so, i know yeah uh, there's a that's our free newsletter and it's funny phil even sometimes i'll do a live and people say i didn't get my watch list and i'm like well did you check your spam folder no <laughs> you know but it goes out every friday but maybe also maybe they um they signed up and our new late. system sends it but like yeah our new system was sending it based on the time that they signed up and we just adjusted that last week. But people love that content. And so if you're not getting that, go sign up yeah. at michaeljammon.com slash watch list. Right. Um, you got paper orchestra, mm. your show. I think you're going to be wrapping up right about the time this is coming out. So tickets may not be available, but you can find out at michaeljammon.com slash slash stage dash readings. Yeah. Uh, you can also just go to michaeljammon.com and it's on the homepage there yeah. to get to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's it. That's it, everyone. I hope this helps. And I hope, uh, I, I don't know. But again, if, if something feels wrong to you, don't do it. But this is how I would do things. Yeah, okay. Great. Well, thank you, Michael. All right. Yeah, thanks so much. Till next time. This has been an episode of Screenwriters Need to Hear This with Michael Jamin and Phil Hudson. If you'd like to support this podcast, please consider subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing this podcast with someone who needs to hear today's subject. For free daily screenwriting tips, Follow Michael on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Michael Jammin Writer. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Phil A. Hudson. This episode was produced by Phil Hudson and edited by Dallas Crane. Until next time, keep writing.